which also kind of brings me to the second reason why you can uh, determine arcs are awesome is because you can see a person's skill and power level in an environment without risking that you have you have that the characters are not coming back next time. So like Naruto has a great oh god we cannot the yeah. exam the turn an arc without talking about Naruto. Rock Lee <laughs> dropping the weights. One of oh, the god. best <laughs> scenes in all of anime, and I will not apologize. So, that, that was a moment in anime where boys became men. <laughs> I still watch that, and I'm like, yeah. the, the, the real question is, who wept at the end of the Rock Lee and Gata fight? Oh, oh I did. Hi everyone, this is Leo the Geek Scorpio. On today's episode, we will be showing a live recording of our podcast from Gem State Gaming Convention on July 9th, 2023. We hope you enjoy the show! Alright. Hang on, Dave. Bud, I'm excited. This is I have to put the second step. I no, I have to get the song on a sudden oh. stop. I can't fade out. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. That's my solution for Alright. Hi everybody, this is Leo with Geek Scorpio coming at you live from Gem State Gaming Convention for today's episode of the Gaming Theater Podcast. Now today's episode we're gonna go over a special little treat, which is the uh which is the interesting and wacky episodes that are the tournament arcs. Now, before we get started, let's introduce each other to all of the guests that are going to be listening to this podcast. Uh, once again, my name is Leo, I am Geek Scorpio, and to my left over here is... I'm Eric, also known as Flying Tiger Cake. And to his left is... I am Ben, known as El Penguin. And to his left is... My name is Dane, I go by D&Dane on the internet, and I am, for once, at least for those of you in this room, not a faceless boy. Yeah, this just, is just uh, this once though. Yeah, it's just, real. Ha! Not pretend. But if you're listening to this on the podcast, then don't worry. Don't rest assured, I'm still a faceless boy. Yes, because this will be allowed live on the podcast at some point, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then normally we would go into our little spiel that is the um, magical birch booth, but we can't because we're already here. Huh! <laughs> ah, huzzah! But that's okay. So, today's episode is going to be all about the tournament, uh, all about tournament perks. Now, when we talk about tournament arcs, um, there's a big distinction between a tournament and a tournament arc. So, the a good example for what makes that distinction is probably the movie The Karate Kid. And the sequel series, the uh, Cobra Kai. In the movie Karate Kid, and I, yes, for everyone who is, who is here, it, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Enjoy that. Sweep the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg. So, what is important to that is that during the first movie, Daniel LaRusso gets into a tournament for, or facing off with his arch-rival, um, Johnny Lawrence. Oh, and before we stop, over here to our left, introducing themselves soon, is going to be... Now introducing, in the blue corner... A very late Moontastical. Yay! Moontastical! <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
You're too kind. You're too kind. Okay. So that being said, here's the thing. When you have that, uh, they are going to face off at the end of the movie in a tournament. But that's the thing. They face off at the end of the movie in the tournament. It doesn't matter if Daniel LaRusso get, uh, gets knocked out of the round because it just is going to end the movie there and they're not going to continue on because, well, he's already fought. It's him. It's, it, the whole point of this story is him eventually getting to the point to face off against Johnny Lawrence. However, in the series for Cobra Kai, at least in two different seasons, they go they go to uh, uh, to the same martial arts tournament. Whether or not they win that martial arts tournament or loses, the show keeps going. The story keeps moving on, and that's why it's different. It's an arc instead of it being just this is for just to, a premise of the show. And that's where you're getting your differences there. If it's an arc, then losing doesn't stop the story. So Lee, if I'm understanding correctly, even though we do see Daniel in, in the example of uh, the Karate King, yeah. going through a montage and you know defeating some opponents, mm -hmm. even though he's in a tournament, even though those montages take place, we see him, you know, kick the guy in the face, we see him sweep the leg, uh, it's not true that comes later, but um, <laughs> that wouldn't necessarily be considered a tournament arc, even though we do see him win. Correct. Okay. Because uh, the, the arc isn't the point, it's the fact that he has to go, go up against, it's to put him and Johnny Lawrence on even playing ground. Sure, sure, sure. Um, because that was sort of the weird part of the movie. Every time Johnny would fight, uh, get into a fight with with Daniel, it's never one on one, mm -hmm. and even Mr. Yagi tells him to Daniel at some point, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose this fight. It matters that you actually fought this guy. Gotcha. Um, because you, as long as you have a good fight, that's about all you need to do. Um, and so that's what uh, what makes that different. So, like, I think it really begs the question: like, what is more important? A resolution or just a mere act of character development in and of itself? So that's important to note because that is sort of the big question. Yeah, you know, I think for me, just to kind of jump in real fast, um, I think resolution is going to happen one way or the other, right? You know, whether Johnny, or Johnny, whether Daniel wins or loses in this example uh, doesn't really matter because the tournament, whether it's a tournament or a tournament art, will resolve. Right, because right. the, the story is going to be a one-on-one -on -one fight at, at some point. Right? Yeah, and if Johnny wins, then we're going to see that the ramifications of that, the fallout, how Daniel deals with that, hypothetically. But if he wins, then we're going to see him celebrated in victory. You know, he's defeated his rival, yada, yada, yada. And then he opens up a used guitar salesman. Sure. <laughs> no. No. What is it? They made an alternate ending to that where Johnny wins at the end of that movie? Did they? Yeah. What? That was the original, when, uh, the original ending to that movie was that Johnny was going to win. So please tell us about Karate Kid What If. Yeah, yeah please. So, they kind of wanted to make the story similar to uh, of Regression and similar to that of Rocky, which people, which the original Rocky, Rocky Balboa, loses at the end of yeah. the movie. Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. And um, the point of that was because Rocky for it, the, of the movie Rocky was that he had all that determination and will and the, the ability to get in there with a champion. Versus, um, because it, it was more of a testament to himself, was the real battle. Can Rocky actually go the distance with uh, and actually fight on the champion level? He just happened to be going up against, you know, the best fighter. But if you ever watch the entire series, even Rocky will tell you that the best fighter that he's ever fought 
bar none, is a ball green. Yeah. I think I kind of would prefer the ending where Johnny won them because that would have given a lot more credence to the foreshadowing. I, I guess it wasn't foreshadowing the final ending, but like it was kind of foreshadowing Mr. Miyagi to say that it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a lot stronger for Daniel's character. It, it would have also shown a lot more of Johnny like actually having the respect for Danny to go into a whole tournament against an entire an entire school of karate kids. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he essentially just had a one-month crash course with a Japanese handyman that he just came across. Yeah. Would have been more realistic, I guess, too. That's it how it would have been. Kind of depends. Look, look, so, look, look, look Miyagi-Do so, is incredible. He can solve any problem. He can train a kid who's never taken martial arts a day in his life. Zero to hero. It's so, a hero story. No, no, I will no say object, that. only karate. So here, here's the thing. There used to be, and I sad this went out of the air because I thought it was a genius premise. There used to be a reality show. It only had like four or five episodes. But what they would do is that they'd take a person who was a huge fan of a film and put them through the training montage of those characters. And then put off the big scene. So the first episode was the Karate Kid, and they had one guy who always who uh, these two friends who were willing to who were willing to put themselves up to this. One person always was diehard that Johnny should have won the fight. That Johnny should have won. Meanwhile, the other person's uh, person who's like, no, this is the, the story. Uh, the the um, Daniel should win. So what they did was the guy who wanted Johnny to who thought Johnny would win. They put him through a crash course with an ex-military, very uh, highly decorated um, um, martial arts master, and at the same time, the other guy was flown to the Japan to train with a fifth, uh, with a fifth generation martial artist, and had them go through all their training reps that they needed to do. Um, in another episode, they looked someone really liked uh, the movie Rocky, and so they set up an amateur fight, and they had him train with. Uh, uh, I think her name is uh, with Muhammad Ali's daughter, who's a boxer. Oh, Layla Ali. Layla Ali. Well, don't leave us in suspense. Who wins? Is Johnny or does, yeah. does Daniel? Oh, Daniel, the, the Daniel trainer actually ended up winning that. Let's go, Miyagi Do. Miyagi Do for the win. This has now become a Karate Kid podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. That that Miyagi Do. I, mean, I, I think with how much Karate Kids out there, we probably could do one that's solely about the about the Karate Kid series. <laughs> I want to see. I now want to see the What If series of like. Not Cobra Kai, I guess it'd be like Miyagi-Do, right? Where like, Johnny's life is great, and Daniel is now having like, <laughs> oh, because he lost, and, you know, back in high school. Yeah, and he still has a grudge against Johnny, so he's like, you stole my girl, bro, we, we met in high school. Yeah, yeah man, you just gotta get over that stuff at some point. Come on, Netflix, get on it. And Miyagi's just sitting there going, why, 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 you are missing every point. Well, Pat Marita the Goat, though? <laughs> yeah, Pat Marita the Goat. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, though, there's positives and negatives to a tournament park. So, the, the biggest positives and takeaways that you have for a tournament park is the tournament park lets you show other characters. That's one of the biggest things. If you have, like, a good one is um, My Hero Academia. Ooh. They have a good, it's one of my favorite tournament arcs in all of anime, because everyone gets a chance to shine in that. There's other big ones like in Fairy Tale. Everyone gets a chance to shine for one brief moment. This episode's all about this guy, and it doesn't feel like 
it, and you get to see what they are with that. Um, so that's one of the bigger positives of that, is that you can show off other characters that are in your story that you haven't been able to fully exemplify. My hero's got a lot of characters. Like, yeah, like a ridiculous. That's a speed. Like, they had a bunch of characters to begin with, and we were getting like a good introduction to them. But then the tournament comes in, we get to learn about them more, but then we also get, you guessed it, a whole other class of characters yeah. to learn from as well. It's like, okay, I guess we're going to figure these guys out as well. And I think that's also one of the benefits of the tournament arc is that it's a great time just, like you said, to introduce a bunch of characters at once. And it's just a quick highlight reel of how to go about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember um, watching Fairy Tale for, uh, for the longest time. And I would always, you know, people would always uh, mention the other guilds by name. Mm -hmm. And it was like, they always realize that every guild kind of has its own style, its own flair about how they go about things. But you don't know how these other guilds go about things until there was literally a whole time jump and then the grand magic game happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when that happened, you you actually get the best of the best from every guy. So, you, I mean, Fairy Tail is coming in with two teams, but then you finally get to see the Surface 4. Yep. And it's like, okay, it's like, I see you guys actually got some, you decent guys here. You got, you got some other magical guilds come in. It's like, all right, you guys are pretty insane too. But also, even previous characters, we only got like a little taste of them. No, you got to see how far they can actually go. Because before when they ever show other people, you're usually so focused on the main cast. Everyone else is just kind of thrown to the side. Yeah. Until the tournament arc comes in, because now you got moments of, well, this person just happens to be the absolute king of this because, I don't know, he has snow powers. He can see people by the breath. <laughs> yeah, I get that's how people... To kind of go along with that, right? Like, uh, my area is using that example. We learn some of the characters' motivations, right? You know, they're not necessarily in it for money, which is, I think, a really cool turn for a character in that, like, most, most of the time it's like, no, I want to do the right thing, and I want to be a hero, and it's going to be super awesome and amazing. And, like, I'm, I just want to do it for selfless reasons. And she's like, no, nah, no, I'm... I, I'm gonna support my family. Yeah, I, I'm here for the paycheck. I'm here for the paycheck being a hero. And honestly, I follow that path. I love that. So yeah, yeah, and like you know, not just her, but there's other characterization in that. So like, I agree. I think in the tournament arc, you do get to learn about other you know side and tertiary characters, but you also get to learn about the motivations of our primary characters, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. Another good one I like is Yu Hakusho. Yes, the dark tournament is the best part of that it show. It is the best. Don't even at me. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so you got the Dark Tournament, and the Dark Tournament lets you see all these demons and monsters that yeah. pop up that can fight. And you get to see a wide variety of stuff, which also kind of brings me to the second reason why you can uh, tournament arcs are awesome, is because you can see a person's skill and power level in an environment without risking that you have, you have that the characters are not coming back next time. So, like... Naruto has a great oh one. god the Shonen exam arc without talking about Naruto Rock Lee <laughs> dropping the weights one of oh, the god. best <laughs> scenes in all of anime and I will not apologize <laughs> that that was a moment in anime where boys became men <laughs> I still watch that and I'm like yeah. the, the real question is who wept at the end of the Rock Lee and Gata fight oh, oh I god. god I mean like god, sp spoiler for like a 11, 12, 14 year old anime at this point, but like, Gara's untouchable at this point, right? Right, yes. No one's laid a finger on him. He comes in thinking he's hot shit. Liam O'Brien voices him in the dub, and he's just like, me, I'm super cool and awesome. I'm Gara, I'm from the Sand Village, I'll kill you. And, and then this one kid who was was looked at as an absolute loser with no hope. You can't even do a jitsu. It's like, no yes, jitsu. But I can punch good. Yeah. And I was like, right. your punches can't be that good. Uh, oh? 
Au contraire, uh, I've been holding back. Yeah. Rock Lee, drop the weights. Uh, Rock Lee, turn to drop Lee immediately. Uh, <laughs> any kid who kicks a tree a thousand times, Jesus. I think kicks a tree a thousand more times yeah. to continue to get good, has my undying respect. No doubt. Oh, another. Uh, but also later in the exam, when the exam was about to end, only one person wins yeah. that exam. Shigamaru, right? Shigamaru, yeah. Yeah, and he's, you he's can the only one that succeeds. He's like the laziest bum in every one of out of all these guys, eyes, right? Yeah. I mean, you got Naruto, I've got to defend the village, I want to be Hokage someday. And he's like, eh. So, Leo, is he or efficient? Efficient in his case. That's true. Like, Naruto's fight, I don't even think resolves. I think no. it's, it's caught no. off halfway. Isn't yeah, it? the whole thing got cut off because there was an ambush attack from inside. Yeah. But the thing is, the whole, that whole tournament is also what brought everyone together. Yeah. And even they admitted that it's not about who wins or loses in this, but how good are they actually? And Shikamaru just really just proved that no. Because even the, the, even the have told from the beginning, everyone out here goes here in squads. If Shikamaru actually was able to hold Brujitsu's, he would kick the shit out of everybody then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, if he had like an ounce of like drive, he'd be Hokage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Hands down. He is super tactical. He, yeah. he is an absolute slacker, lazy man who admits it himself. He grew up to be the Hokage's right-hand man. Yep, yep, yep. Now, if you want an interesting Western version of this, Ooh. instead of it being an entire tournament arc, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, especially yeah. the 2003 the version. Tournament? The Yeah, the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the one in the tournament. Each of the turtles goes in uh, goes into this tournament to fight um, against this uh, all these aliens to see just how, and most of them want in just to see how good they can get, right? Uh, we've been training as ninjas for, for since almost birth. How good am I? It, it's, it's definitely one of those tournaments where just like no, no, they're going here just for the honor of fighting. Mm -hmm. But if I remember correctly, they also got into the tournament by accident. Yeah, because they were supposed to face a different. Uh, they were facing people who came out of a portal, but they got mistaken because they just happened to look just like another species that are very similar to looking like turtles. Yeah. And then when they came out and faced ninja turtles, they got their you know, cheeks absolutely clapped out there. Here comes the judge and thought, oh, no. Yeah, the way that worked out was Splinter, who has been in the tournament before because his master happened to have gone into the tournament before that. And so he goes, to the, and at this point, his, his sons just follow him in there. The turtles follow him in there. He's like, ah, I can't take you home until after the tournament. This is like the dad who just realizes that that the kids have been hiding in this in his car this whole time, and it, and everyone's thinking, but we thought you were gonna go get a beer at the bar. No, you're actually going to the arcade because you just don't want to have kids nearby. It is too late to turn around. I guess we're doing. We don't talk about that fight club tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the interesting thing about that is how, the order of how everyone goes through. Donatello is the first to go, of the turtles to go down. He still wins a couple of matches, though. Not surprising. But he goes down. After Don, though, I believe it's either, I think, Leo, Leo actually Leo goes down. because he got... Um, Poisoned. Yeah, he got he gets wrong. He, he gets wrong. He got stolen. It gets Usagi. That yeah. was the uh, fight we were looking forward yes. to. Uh, it is like, damn it, this would have been the actual final. We'll get to Usagi Ojimbo in another match. podcast episode when we deal with crossovers. Yes. Because that's a whole thing. Oh, Jesus. Love it. But I love it. But anyway, back on track. Yeah, so he gets poisoned and taken out, out of the burn. So that is Raph and Mike. 
and Raph goes down at some point in the tournament, leaving Mikey, who ends up winning the whole thing. Which is great for Mikey, honestly. Yeah. Mikey does not get his time to shine very often, combat-wise. I believe it's, in most people's ratings, like, as far as melee weapons go, the nunchaku is one of the most difficult to learn. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, speaking from experience, it's not easy. You smack yourself in the current and face a lot. Yeah. But because Mike is such a... Of course, like, Spinner Gato's Mike because he's such a wild out there that it somehow complements the, the Najakus perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find it interesting. I, I don't know, like, if it's necessarily true, but there's this post going around the internet that I'm sure a lot of people have seen where... You know, it, it maintains that Splinter gave each of his sons the weapon that they would be worst at uh, on purpose in order to train them like the other side of themselves, right? So Mikey's kind of a spaz. He's just, you know, flipping around, being all crazy, radical party dude, and he has the, the weapon that takes the most discipline to use. Mm -hmm. uh, Raphael's sides were not traditionally used. I mean, they could be used for murder, right? They're pointy, but like, yeah. compared to a sword, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're used more so for defense, to catch blades, to break blades, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Donatello has the bow staff, which is the simplest of weapons because he is so technologically advanced. He needs to like slow down just a little bit, and then Leo gets a lethal weapon. Like, I mean, they're all lethal in the right hands, right? But he, he gets a sword that is sharp. He gets two swords that are sharp, and it's like, okay, like you're the leader. You can't kill. Like, you you need to not kill with this sword. How do you, how do you do that? How do you do that? A reverse blade sword. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Leo the Manslayer. Wait, what is it? <laughs> That's the opposite of what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I remember that was a thing. Uh, there was also a thing with that. It's like, depending on how you are, pers or I think your your personality is, you will lean towards one of the, or two of the turtles that are similar to yourself. Leo's the goat. I'm all about Leo. Donatello. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at Geek Scorpion. Geek Scorpion is my favorite Ninja Turtle. Ah. Now, that is weirdly, you know, brown nose. However, you're right. Leo is Leo's favorite turtle. Uh, well, and Leo is the best turtle for, for the game as well. Like, hands down. No hate to other turtles. Donatello's great. I get why people like him. Raph's good. Mike's good. But they're not Leo. Like, he's the leader. Well, uh, <laughs> it's in the song. Yeah. There, there was one significant part of that tournament that I actually do love on it. And it's a. Uh, I believe it's when they were actually about to go into, like, the final eights. And. When they were drawing, of course, Mikey was trying to avoid going against Leo or Rav because he knows that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between the other two turtles, I'm going to get school. But, but somehow, in a weird twist of love, Rav gets excited when they get paired together. But here comes Mikey, absolutely playing off. Hold on. Rav can't keep his head straight when he's mad. So if I annoy him enough, <laughs> he could get himself out because he has no self-control. And that's exactly, like, I, I, this is a, a core memory that lays in my head forever. Because there was even a point where Mikey put both hands behind his back and is like, Oh, what's wrong, Rap? Are you actually having trouble thinking there's an idea that you could lose to me? And it happens. That was just such... An absolute flex of, I think Mikey needed this. Like, he was always just kind of the dumb little brother of the group for the most part, but no, no, he needed a good confidence boost, and Raph just, just had the biggest slice of humble pie just kicked right to his face. As a younger brother, it's 100% relatable. If you've got siblings, and you are the younger, or if you're the older, you probably resonate with one of those two turtles in that fight. Yeah, as, as the younger sibling, I learned that my greatest strength is being underestimated. 
<laughs> I've, I've learned that my greatest strength is being annoying. <laughs> I've learned that my greatest strength is trying to turn my siblings to rivals, and that just drives me to be better. Oh, yeah? What, my greatest strength, I think, is actually looking dumber than I really am. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look dumb. That's how, that's how smart I am. Oh. Ah. Long con. Uh, long con here. My greatest strength as the youngest of five is tears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super effective, absolutely. Super effective tears. Oh, I got my siblings in so much trouble just yeah. by crying. <laughs> but I feel like I'm much like my For stuff I did. Well, well sure. Okay. But you guys just did, like, who's the going to believe? He's not going to believe that Mikey could do something like that. Like, grabs the hothead. It makes way more sense than, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm, oh. I'm pretty sure when, when, when he got back and spun around that one just looked at him and goes, I told you if you didn't keep your temper straight, Mikey was going to kick your ass. <laughs> oh, my favorite moment of Splinter is in the 2012 um, Turtles, and they're like, I, all right, I had to pick a leader. So why did you choose, uh, choose Leo? No, any one of my students could be the leader of this team. Even Mikey? No, that's a wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just a wrong um, but yeah, so these are the positive things. You can see how they're skilled, how well that they, they, that they can compete against each other. Um, in fact, um, doing a level playing field is how tournaments work out in the Injustice series of mm -hmm. video games. Because in the storyline, everyone in there gets a pill that makes them equivalent enough to fight on Superman's level. That's part of the storyline, so it is. They figure is Lex Luthor at some point figures out a way to make a, a pill that makes it so everybody can face off on that level. So now, the only person who's kind of refusing to do that is Batman. That's just he's Batman. I'm going to go with whatever I'm naturally loving. But at this point, anyone who's taken the pill, now you're on an even playing field with somebody with with superpowers like that. How well can he face off, <laughs> Or how well can most of these guys do? When that level is, uh, when that field is is facing itself off. My favorite part about that in Injustice Two, the most powerful superhero is at that point ends up becoming Firestorm of all people because Firestorm can bend the molecular level of any object. That's a fair point. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's just it. Like, sure, you're you're great with all your powers, but once you they're out the door, how well are you against everyone else? Like, um, I know some people will give Green Arrow crud because, like, he's like, some people will say he's like the knockoff Batman. Come at me. But go ahead, come at he's Green awesome. Arrow. He will trot out you. Honestly, like, the Arrow show notwithstanding, there's some legalities there which you can learn about on our uh, DC animated podcast. I think we talked about that. You talked about that right there. Uh, but no, I mean, Green Arrow, like, Oliver Queen is. is so different from Bruce Wayne and Batman. Like that's a topic for another time. But like, you think they're the same? Come find me. It's on site. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, tournaments tend to happen. On it. A lot of us have tournaments that are some, some tournaments are sort of the entirety of the game or a portion of the game or a story. Now, here's where you have sort of the negative connotations of a tournament arc. One of the worst things for a tournament arc is if they're not handled well. Yeah. You slow the entire story down for no reason. I have a perfect example. Yeah. Live action Mortal Kombat. The first one or the second one? Yeah. The first one. Oh, but I love the first I one. I do love it, but it, it's okay, pacing is a little slow. Oh, I love it! I'll take a moment, take a nostalgic glass, I'll see you really looking at it. 
right, I got it. I love it. Don't get me wrong, it's one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up. But you gotta admit, the way they handled the tournament was so janky. Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, we got X going against Y, and then there's like drama and love stories, and then we got you going against this. Like, for a Mortal Kombat movie, as fun and entertaining and, you know, cheesy and campy as a 90s movie was, I grew up with the video games, and I was expecting a little bit more tournament game fighting and not so much melodrama. Yeah, I think I think I would agree with that, right? Like, yeah. uh, so, I don't think it's the way that they handled the tournament that was the issue. I think it's the way they handled the rest of the movie. That is true. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry, I hate the way they introduced Reptile because he was one of my, he still is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like, oh, he's a spooky statue. Okay. Yeah. And he kicked him and maggots fell out. Oh, well, that's nice. Okay. What just happened? But it's like, like, I just kind of wish they would have done a little bit more tournament style. Yeah. And like the new one as well. Yeah. Even so, like, I love the characters. I love the way they did the characters, but it's like, you know, they mentioned the tournament, right? You know, there's a tournament. And I didn't see a damn tournament. I just saw We're getting a bunch there, right? of. It's like, are there, is there going to be a second Mortal Kombat? And that's, do we actually have a tournament? Or is it just going to be boring Outland and. Melina not looking the way she should look, but yeah, like yes. If Mortal Kombat's listening, we just want to see a tournament. Like, yeah. like, I love the backstory. Like, like just you, you, you did amazing as Sub Zero Scorpion. I don't remember. I love both of them. Honestly, honestly, in that new movie, they're both amazing. But like, also tournament. It's a tournament game. I know you need like drama, but. Tournament, make it fun. Give me what I want. Give me what I want, Mortal Kombat. Here is an idea: we remake the original Mortal Kombat, but to fit all these subplots in there, we make it into a ten-episode series. I mean, yeah, see, that's yes, what we want. Hundred percent. Instead of a movie. Hundred percent. Okay, so since we're on the subject of fighting games, this does remind me that at some point I did find a live-action Tekken. <laughs> yes. And I, 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 yes, Eric. Yes, I did find it while just casually scrolling through Hulu's like list of stuff, and I had to stop and think. No. There's a dead or alive one too. Oh yeah. Oh, and I, that one is so funny. I will fully admit that is a guilty pleasure. Absolutely. The plot, booty. However, the fighting though. Yeah. That is one element. They had that fighting down. Like, they, they actually did, they actually had not only a tournament, but qualifiers for said tournament, where Jin Kazama actually had to go against his district's champion, Martial Law. Ooh. And I was like, oh, so we're going to start with Jin versus Law in like an actual fight fight, and you see them fully, like, get into their stuff. And I was like, okay, okay, I can get behind this. But then, during the tournament, they even start up in the Anion stuff. And I'm thinking, hold on, Yoshi is a part of this, and everyone else is a hand-to-hand combat fighter. How do they make this fair? Here comes Kazuya, and it's like, you know what? We decided to up the ante. Every fight will not be from the death, you can use weapons. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. This is on Hulu. This is on Hulu. Oh, thanks, man. So I don't have enough stuff so like, like, already. Like, trust me, the, the story is just like, eh, it's kind of it. It's like, Jin, Jin starts um, hitting on, like, I think her name was, uh, what's her, the, the, Capoeira girl, um, Candace? 
Back from home. Um, I'll check the tape. like a whole like little slip. I was like, okay, whatever. But, like, but at the end, just if she turns around and says, yeah, you know, staring at someone else's ass is a great way to get girls kicked. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, this is the fighting like gaming movie I want. I wish the plot was better, but like, I'm cool with just the fighting though. Anybody watch the old Tekken anime from like the late nineties? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Street Fighter anime as well. Right. I just want to know when they're going to make a live action adaptation of Soul Calibur that's true to form. So you don't have fighters who are out there like doing awesome moves. You just got somebody butt smashing like, <laughs> as a real person in real time. Just keep just keeping out there, just doing the same three moves. <laughs> rowing the boat, just doing the poke. You know. I want to see that one guy with a nightmare-sized blade literally go up, down, turn around, and then block, and that's all he does. Yep. <laughs> yep. True to form, Soul Calibur film. Mm -hmm. Did any of you watch the Netflix Tekken movie? I did not. Wait, know wait, the, the, the bloodline one? The one with the weird coloring, and I had to turn it off after the um, one lady spoke in English, and the guy replied, the grandpa, and then she's like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yes, no, the. Uh, and I was the, like, the okay. second anime one. Where, I was okay, like, I do want to continue that one. No. Okay, no, no. It's don't a, bring that evil into my house. <laughs> you don't have to watch with me, but it's because, like, Yes, it is kind of painful to the eyes, so I watch those sunglasses. Put that mic down right now. So, yeah. <laughs> however, I did got to see the fight scenes, and they are very, very like close to the video game. Mm. Like there was one where you see King versus um, Zion uh, Lee, and by God, you would think that you had like a tournament going on, and someone was pulling those combos that you knew that no, the guy who chose King is gonna win. But it was just beautiful animation. Like, it was just a great fight. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm kind of thinking we're going to have a GTP tournament. <laughs> our oh, that'd be a fun tournament. The fighting was fine. It just, the whole plot and the dialogue sounded like they got it off of what's pad and a 13-year-old wrote so, it from well, Reddit fanfic. So what we turn with Tekken is when it comes to their movies, whether live action or animated, the plot sucks. But by God, that fighting looks amazing. But yeah, see, if you've noticed, a lot of these ones that we're talking about, the plot kind of stinks. So when you're dealing with a tournament arc, you've got to be you still are telling a story. For True. It. So you cannot just, um, like, it is common to people, to, you'll see people check out of a tournament arc on the basis of, this feels like a filler. That's it. That This feels like a filler, a series of filler episodes. And truth be told, there are so many times that that is used as... The tournament arc is a filler episode for some one reason or another. Leo, question. Yeah. Are there, or do you know of any, like, unofficial tournament arcs? Meaning, it doesn't take place in an actual tournament, but the main character is still progressing through enemies solidly. So, the one that comes to my mind is Bleach, the Soul Society arc. Yeah. You know, where he is going through some riffraff, and then he goes through a vice captain, and then he goes through a captain, and then he goes through, like, 16 more captains in a row. Um, to me, that feels sort of tournament arc-y, mm -hmm. but I would not say they're in a tournament, right? It's more yeah. like, hey, I've broken into your home, stop me if you can. <laughs> and they're like, well, we got to stop this guy. Let's throw... That, that feels... You know, <laughs> it's a B&E, it's a B&E arc. It's like someone threw a gauntlet match just on their own will, just like, I'm going to come here and fight everybody, just one at a time. 
Yeah, that's mostly a goggle style. But depending on how they do it, it will feel like a tournament. Okay. So famously on that one, you would grab Bruce Lee's last movie, The Game of Death, that he wrote. Oh, okay. Which is designed to, so he would have to go from level to level to level to level before he gets to the, the final person he has to fight. Yes. Um, so it can be done as a tournament arc, but because the ex-tournament style is how that would be. Sure, sure. Um, like another one that pops into mind, it's one of the latter episodes, I think it's season five, I want to say, of Supernatural. Hmm. Because Sam has to do that to, uh, he doesn't know he's at the time, he's going to be used as a demon. But the point being, and, and being the but. Sam does that to compete against all these other guys who are also all game, uh, having uh, psychic powers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one! But whoever's the guy who gets no. to the top is the one that they're going to do. Right. He's the one who gets to be used because, as, uh, as the... Um, as the vessel as of Lucifer. the vessel of Lucifer. Because, yeah. like, yeah, because there was multiple people that were having different types of just supernatural abilities, but mm -hmm. do you want to know, like, no, we want the best vessel, and essentially just put them all in a single area and almost got treated like a battle royale style. Yeah. Correct. And it's like, all right, you gotta got you gotta <laughs> Hunger Games this whole thing out. Mm -hmm. The Hunger Games itself yeah, is Hunger a Games. tournament. Now yeah, that's true, but is it a tournament arc? Is it a tournament arc? Um it I'd was before no. he wrote all three books of it. It's like do battle royales count as a tournament arc? Depending on the battle royale. If it's all all for one, no, that's a if it's done as one big melee. No, it's not exactly an art. But if they have to start talking people down left to right, uh, it's tournament style. I want to do this almost goes for another podcast about battle royales, maybe like death games, just coming down to it. So down for that. <laughs> right? I've written academic papers about post-dystopian <laughs> battle royale. I'm here for this. Oh, oh. You you just activated my niche card. <laughs> But it's my trap. <laughs> that is a thousand points toward your nerd. Yeah. No, no, because I was like, Battle Royale, uh, Battle. You, you know, of course, I mean, the quintessential in my mind. Um, you've got, I think there's a, a short story called The Compass? It's something like that. It's got a weird name. It's a short story. I read it once in college. Um, of course, you've got, uh, I just mentioned it, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games. And there's a bunch of other ones, right? Ooh, there's the actual movie Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the first one I mentioned. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's so good. The second one's pretty alright, too. It, it's alright. It's alright. It's not as good as the first one, but it, it continues the story and it, it's a good it, Go watch it. It's yeah, so awesome. with that, we have these uh, tournament arcs and tournament storylines that are done out there. Now, tournament arcs themselves can be either so we talk about the balance negatives. Now the thing is that the tournament arcs can still be in the middle of, can be done in, in part of a series, could be the entire series, or a weird section that people don't think about right away. So here's an interesting example of a tournament arc people don't think about. Jeopardy. Jeopardy has its regular play, and then it has champion tournament edition play, oh. and then college tournament edition play, and then celebrity edition for tournament play. These are all special tournament arcs that are competed. The celebrity one is an interesting one because the celebrity one is a tournament arc that only celebrities are allowed to perform in. And even if your Ken Jennings is not allowed to play in that tournament arc. I want to fight you right now so badly. <laughs> Just physically have a tournament arc over Jeopardy the tournament arc. That hurts. This You're not wrong, wrong, but God does it. And this is why we have them on the opposite ends of the table. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
<laughs> no, that's a that's a fair point. Mm -hmm. And then so what happens is that especially for, so because they are done as turn of arcs, because they have special regulations for only that type of play. A celebrity cannot play into the regular game. Um, a regular players cannot play in the celebrity game or, and you still have to be in college to play for the college edition. Right. Um, same with any of the children's editions of Jeopardy they do once in a while. And usually and they, it's have like they have different classes of Jeopardy matches, yeah. almost just like like bodybuilders or weightlifters. It's like, no, 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 you can only go into this class because we're trying to make a fair fight right now. Hear me out. College versus kids. Let's go. <laughs> Sean Connery yes. versus Kurt Ferguson. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, and if you ever watch those ones, you will see the questions leading towards those, those ones. So. In theory, though, regular Jeopardy is probably the most difficult of all. Sure. Unless you're going against Jeopardy Masters, because that one is the pros of the pros. Oh, uh, uh, yes. I feel like that would also make Jeopardy more of a King of the Hill style, where you have one person that wins, but then because you won, you got to defend the crown every time. So does it go from a turn of arc to a King of the Hill? It's like, you know what, we have now, Maybe. I think we're now discussing um, different battle styles of how do you go about all these fights. All I'm saying, props to those people who did six years of Jeopardy school to get their Jeopardy Masters. That's, <laughs> that's, that's an impressive feat. <laughs> I'm the king of random facts. The, the, my favorite celebrity Jeopardy, and you can see the just the glow on C.B. Lou's face that he wins his first tournament from a random question that someone happened to get it wrong. And he just goes from the bottom place to first. What's well, all? Oh my god. Sometimes be like that. <laughs> Protect the boy. Here is Geek Scorpio's next idea. <laughs> Jeopardy, but we ask questions about tournament arts from anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, um, I think a uh, type of anime where tournament arts are, I feel like, almost mandatory are sports animes. Yes, yes. I do. You, you can't have, like, I even look, looking through as many sports animes I've seen. It's hard to find ones that don't have any type of tournament art in that because they're most of the time they either train for a tournament or a championship, yep. and it's all like a matter of the competition inside there. Absolutely. Um, actually, one thing that did kind of it disappointed me in the anime, which also made me a uh, well, the manga that went to war was I Shield Twenty One. Oh yeah. The, where their entire thing was to win the Christmas Bowl like championship, but the anime stops at the semifinals where they face their biggest rivals, and I'm just sitting there like, wait. The, the championship! The, the championship! I don't care about the rival anymore! They, they kicked the butts out there! The, the championship match! I need to see who wins this! And it's like, and to the manga we go! Which <laughs> and the, which I love that they went from one turn arc immediately to just like, you know what? We know you love that first turn arc, so we're gonna make the next turn arc even bigger, and uh, right now! And they went from trying to find the best football team in Japan to we're making the dream team and now we're facing the world. And by the way, do you remember that American school you face against? Guess who the running back is for the American team? They got five guys just as good every position. And now you're going into another tournament arc where we're like, oh god. Oh god, we got the dream teams going against each other now. Now if you're wondering how this works out for a sports area like that, especially in Ice Shield 21, it's a tournament arc because they lose the first one that yeah, they yes. get to do. Oh, it's and and teams that do what? I realize that now that whole series is tournament after tournament. Yeah. It's three tournaments. Yeah. Kinda kinda similar in terms of like being disappointed by an anime that has a tournament arc. God of high school. 
starts out so strong. It is, the premise is that it is a tournament, they're fighting, and there's like 75 challengers, and they do all these like quick cutaway close-up shots of like 75 different characters. That's, that's an over-exaggeration, but you get the point. They then, we see like six people fight. Six, six people, it's just not enough. Like, because they showed a bunch of cool characters that we never get to see until later. And then just like fast forward through like, oh yeah, he won four, four fights, good for him. No, show me those four fights. I request more fights. <clears throat> more fights. I, I, I wanted an arc, not a episode saga. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, I, I get it. You don't want to spend, you know, 400 episodes on these 75 fights. I understand. We need to speed some things up. But when your whole premise is like, hey, this is a tournament arc to decide who's going to be the, the victor of victors, Ah, but we don't want to bore you with these these other fights. Ah, he's just, he won four. Man, oh, man. It's just disappointing. Just disappointing. I think Hajime no Ippo is one of the best oh, yeah, sports yeah. ever. And that's definitely done in the same vein. Tournament the show. It is all tournament arcs. Yeah. And it's all training to be in a tournament. It's win that tournament. also still going. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah, it is. And it's still good. I gotta, like, I, gotta, I gotta give the creative credit for that because how many times can you have one dude box? Like, don't get me wrong, you can have a lot of boxing in a show. And I think maybe they branched out into other characters at this point, but like, dang, that's a long running series of boxing matches. And it's like, bro, like, Ippo can only fight so many times. And it's like, and he's gonna fight more until he tells us to stop. How many times does he do his signature move before someone's like, oh, I've seen that before. I watched you on TV six years ago. Where, where, where's that Where's that Ippo versus Little Mac crossover we're still waiting for? Oh, yeah. Oh, that one. And I also want to see, like, Ashita no Joe versus Hajime no Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one tournament arc sports series I absolutely didn't know I was going to love so much is uh, Yo and Mochi Pedal. Or it's, <laughs> it's a cycling. It's a it's cycling cycle. Yeah. This, that's, that's a level I haven't got to yet. Yeah, yeah. no, like, no, no. you've got me beat on sports anime. No, that's all right. Not, that's what you guys keep me around here. Yeah, yeah. Attempt to shine. But no, I love that. It starts off with this absolute, like, adorable little weeb that apparently got really good at cycling because his mom rigged his bike where, and expected him to only go to the bus stop and then take the bus to Akihabara every time. But this chicken, just chicken kid decided, you know, if I bike all the way there, I could save the money and buy more nerdy stuff. That's yeah, a that's moon. A, that's a, a moon. Oh yeah, so yeah, we, we, we could call it before. But what I love is that like, is that he starts meeting this kid um, who's done like second tournaments all his life. And one day he just meets him like on a on a seven percent incline slope and wondered how the how is he so good? It's like you know what you know what you think you're good? You me tomorrow's like ooh cycling showdown. But what I love is that it was after and he was asking okay I know you didn't beat me but no normal person can go up a seven percent incline that well. It's like well what do you do for biking? I just go to Akihabara. Okay and I mean it's, I mean it's, the bike's not that good. It's only like a ninety kilometer round trip. Did you see a 90 kilometer round trip? Yeah, I go there every weekend and then every day during summer vacation. On his grandma bike. He, on his granny bike. <laughs> on his granny bike. Then <laughs> later found out his mom even rigged to be even worse because she took out gears, she took out change on that. So it was just the default setting of how bad can we make this, which led and leading to him joining the cycling team. But then from that point on, it's just okay. We gotta get you confident and just enjoying the sport that you just got into. 
And now we're going to go into a national tournament over and over, and you're going to face people who you're going to debate aren't even human anymore. <laughs> they have one, one dude who just like long and, and lanky, but you just know him as um, the, the spider crawler. Because when he, when he bikes, he go, he's known for um, going up and down hills, so he's known as a climber. But because his, the, um, how he bikes is so wild, he spends his bike and starts waving back and forth, but he does it so far, his bike almost gets parallel to the ground one side, then parallel ground to the other side, and he's just going back and forth like that over and over again. <laughs> but it's like, you know what? It works for him. And it's like, it's insane. Like, you see these kids going into that, and it's like, I gotta change to my, my fighting mode. There's a guy who was a sprinter on that, and they're just known for just going fast, where, they, where he's like, they're in this championship team, and they always call him the demon. It's like, okay. Cool, whatever. But then, like, you are going, and it's like, okay, you're going fast, you're going fast, so you're going past him. And then he starts looking forward, his eyes glow red. I'm like, this is supposed to be about just cycling, right? He's like, you know, when people see on these, on these roads, people go fast enough, a demon starts approaching. And then he just goes berserk mode and gets going, <laughs> but he's just going absolutely bonkers fast. And the guys are looking behind us, like, go, 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 go. Dude, that's more intense than my speed racer, man. That's Bro, I, I didn't expect a cycling anime to be one of my most hyped sports animes. Like, I watch rugby animes. I watch football, boxing, wrestling. Like, ultimate muscle? Hell no, dude. Tell me a little bit again. Yowamushi pedal. Okay. Gotta clean the mic because now it's getting clanged with my hands. I do have to wonder a little bit, like... Are these characters actually doing these things, or is it like a yes. Demon Slayer thing? Where no. like, we're like, oh, hold, hold on, let me finish, let me finish. Where we see the animation, this is the worst thing I ever found out about Demon Slayer, is that the creator came out and was like, yeah, no, they're not actually throwing flames and stuff, like, we just use that as an interpretation, they're just doing, like, moves. And like, that's the worst thing. Like, I want to believe this guy's a demon. You know? like I want a magical sword fire. Like, I don't, I don't want to believe that these people are just seeing his eyes glow red. I want to believe that his eyes are actually glowing red as he's cycling. You know? No, no. The, this is not the Demon Slayer style. These are just regular Teenagers, your average high school teenager. Yeah, high school teenager glowing red eyes. No. That is just, uh, their body goes because of all the training in certain moods. Oh, um, let me let me talk about uh, another guy who was known as the the Mad Dog. Oh, sure. Where apparently he's a he's a, he's a he's a speeder, so he's good for going like straight roads. Sure, sure. But apparently they call him Mad Dog because for some reason his shoulders actually bump out and his chest also bump out, so he just has a super large chest. But the thing is. His thing, he starts literally barking like a dog going, but because his biking style, and I've seen actual cyclists do this, there are some that actually, when they go insane, will be this aggressive sure. while cycling. But he's going so hard that he's known for his his chest constantly getting bruised because he keeps hitting the handle on it, but that's the only thing that can stop him from going. So he's like, hey, 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 and in the meantime, he's like, oh, 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 on his chest. And it's like, all right, so you got the mad dog versus the demon versus who are you again? I'm the bullet train. Explain. I, I got very large lungs that help me pump enough oxygen and at least 8,500 square centimeters for it. Takes a big breath and you see him expand and just shoot forward. I'm like, you know what? 
I've seen enough anime. I don't question this shit anymore. This is this is just fun times. <laughs> what I love about this, right? All of these guys, all these all these cyclists, are going up against a normal kid who just bikes to a store. Granted, it's far away on a terrible bike. Yeah. Like. That's, that, that's what I think really tournament arcs are kind of all about, right? Right. We love an underdog. Oh. We love like a normal or a subpar character who's going up against these crazy forces that they should not be able to beat, and yet usually they do. No, his his magical talents of being able to uh, beat really well actually because of all of his um, <clears throat> nerd training. Sure. Yeah. Magical is really dope. Zap. There, I think there was one season where they had a guy who was masseuse where he could tell how efficient your muscles are by massaging you. Sure. Yeah, as they do. Yeah, as they do. If anyone has this ability, let me know. Yeah, I, I want to know how good I am too. No, no. One day, um, Onoda, that's the name of our favorite little weed, he falls into his hand and is like, oh shit, sorry, I tripped. He just stands there and is like, oh my god, why are your muscles so springy? Oh my, that's just, Sorry, I didn't mean to trip on you. Well, it's nice meeting you. Bye. Like, I must fight you. So, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I do want to move from your mushy pedal because <laughs> I can't talk about this for all day. Would you like to know what? Yeah. Would you like to know what Onoda's special mode to get super fast is? He likes to sing his favorite anime entrance song. It throws everybody off, and it, it gets so intense that in their end of anime movie, they have a musical number because of it, and only one guy is late to the party and didn't know everybody else was practicing the song. He's like, all right, Onoda, you gotta lead the crowd. They're like, all right, I'll take you guys to the front. Do it. I got it. Lovely chance of the Pancho Chan, lovely chance of the Pancho Chan. And now they're all just singing, and he's just in such a good mood, he's pedaling faster and faster. And it's like, this is just exciting and fantastic. Like, bro, your legs are going 120 rotations a minute right now. <laughs> it's like, that is Tour de France speed right there. I will be honest that um, once they start getting back into actually working out, yeah, I've got anime themes on my workout mix. Everyone should work out to yeah. anime and video game music. Listen, it's that, so good. That love he made Pancake Princess song is unironically <laughs> in my gym mix. Yes, I love, I love that the anime is like a magical girl anime. They it all, is! I've well, seen the clip enough. of them all singing and pedaling, and I'm like, you know what? Whatever works. Yeah, I know. You do you, boo boos. And it's even dope because these start going by like the audience members who are just watching it, and there are a couple people who are just like, what were, were, were they singing? Oh, that's that's Love Hime. Oh, they seem like such a fun team. Look how fast they're going. That's the next team going by is like, right, we're going good, we're going good. What's that sound? Hime, 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 Suki, Suki, Dai, Suki, Hime, Hime. Are they singing an anime theme right now? It's like, no, better question. Why are they going so fast while singing an anime theme right now? Go, go, go! We can't be defeated by the Pancake Princess team. Gotta go fast. Anime is one hell of a drug. No, no doubt. Oh, what is it? One of my, the weirdest things I ended up learning when someday is uh, Trey Parker, the creator of South Park, yeah. in like the early like, season one or season two, they have an anime episode. You know, it's a, par a parody of Pokemon. <laughs> oh my god, oh, yes, two Pokemon. Oh, so the thing is, they do oh, a whole theme song. He wrote the theme song because he's fluent in Japanese and has, a, I think, a minor in Japanese study. 
Yeah, I think it comes back in the Ninja episode as well. Yeah. The song is gibberish, but I think he knew that. He knew that writing. Yeah. He, 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 he can do that. But, um, what was it? Speaking of tournament arcs, like two ones that are, I always think is an interesting tournament arc is when it's the eyes for the prize kind of arc. This yeah. is your tournament arc for do get whatever is that good goal. My personal favorite is the Monkey Paw version of this. You've got two big uh, series that do this constantly. Um, you have Fate Stay Night. Oh yeah, which is all about getting that win. Get that wish, yo. And my personal favorite, the original old schools, Twisted Metal. Oh yeah. Twisted Metal is an entire tournament arc, and it backfires almost like ninety percent of the time. This podcast brought to you by the new Twisted Metal show. Watch it on Netflix or wherever the hell. Peacock. Peacock is where. Oh, Peacock. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, just kidding. We're not actually sponsored, but we are not sponsored, but we also sponsored Sweet Tooth. I repeat that one time. The wrestler Samoa Joe is Sweet Tooth, and I'm loving it. Not, not, not sponsored, but Peacock get at us. Yeah, we're, we're cool with this. Um, and so like, it's weird that they like Arizona gonna fight tooth and nail to get you know that 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 wish. And you can see yeah. how crazy some of that is. Dude, dudes are clowning on an ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. And face say now you have fiction, oh, no, literal character, uh, historical characters pumped up to like anime levels of powers. I want to see King Arthur fight Beethoven. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It's happening. I had to be explained like three times why Sherlock Holmes is a real thing inside the Fates Day Night series. Look, it doesn't matter if you're a real if you're a real person as long as you're a real character. I think. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like King Arthur, right? Like, yeah, Arthur, King Arthur. We don't know that everything we've read about King Arthur is correct. And uh, what about Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yeah. Gilgamesh is a good point. Like, dudes in the story may have existed. We don't know. My personal favorite is Mick Cool. Not really for his power sets or anything. I just think the name Mick Cool is a real as a real name is yeah. a fun thing. I, I you know I, that's kind of what I love about the Fate series. Like being a, a bit of a history nerd myself is like the pairings make no sense. <laughs> you got like Jack the Ripper, who was a real person in Victorian England time, right? And then you've got like Merlin, and I'm like. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, Let's see what happens. Uh, that is quite the mix of uh, characters. You want to say Frankenstein's monster? Like, I, sure, yeah. Why not? She's a cute anime girl, so it's fine. <laughs> How did that happen? I don't, I don't know. know. Oh no, Brian! This was uh, this was uh, Frankenstein, the doctor's, you know, uh, second or third iteration. He went back to the drawing board. He was like, ah, I mean, green monster. That's one thing. But like, cute anime girl, though. I don't. I think it's weird because I believe, like. The Mummy, yeah. like all, uh, all those universal uh, the monsters, The Mummy, Dracula, yeah. they're not it. Frankenstein no. will make an exception. Yeah, like Mary Shelley makes a pass. Mary she Shelley is science fiction, it's fine. <laughs> oh. But yeah, Twisted Metal has it where like basically, it doesn't matter who wins, you're screwed. Weirdly enough, sorry, to go back to Pedro yeah. real quick. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster exists. Dracula doesn't, but I believe Vlad Tepsch is in it. Yeah, Vlad Tepsch doesn't. So, like, the inspiration for Dracula is there, but he's just like a dude who puts people on spikes. <laughs> I do one thing and I do it well. Put him on spikes! Uh, there are a few problems in his life that spikes cannot solve. Yeah, he is. That is his, his bread and butter right there. Yeah, but I mean, and that's a good point, right? It's so vague because they're going for the Holy Grail or they're going for a wish. I mean, the Holy Grail grants them a wish, so it's kind of the same thing, right? But like, 
Who wouldn't want that? Like, yeah, that, that's tempting. I get why people would be like, yeah, I'd murder for that. Yeah, at least it's something we all agree upon when we want the prize. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't murder for that, but I can see why people would. Yeah. Now, that's a prize you did. That's up there. Um, now, while we're talking about the subject for tournament arcs, um, the part of tournament arcs I do not like is when they don't, I want to say, respect the arc. Yeah. And you, let me explain. One of the most popular animes out there is Dragon Ball Z, bar none. Okay. Now, it is not one of my favorite animes, even though I've watched the entire series. Yeah. And the reason why is because they do the tournament arc in Dragon Ball Z, and I believe Majin Buu shows up, not even in the tournament, just some part ways away, and half the fighters are like, well, we got, oh no, it, it's not even part, it's just Goku. Goku's like, I've got resurrected from the dead. Yeah, there's a he comes back from the dead. It's a thing he does. It's a whole thing. He gets back from the dead, has one day. Could I hang out with my family? Nah, I'm going to a tournament arc. Now, in a normal case, you're an idiot, but Goku's dumb, so this is yeah, yeah. This, this is his jam. Uh, Lord knows that his, the wife, his wife is is perfectly fine with this and just gets it. Chi Chi's the most understanding woman in that series. Yeah, Barna. <laughs> But, we but Goku, yeah, oh, yeah, Goku leaves to deal with Majin Buu, and I believe, and it's because Majin Buu might be trouble. But you know, it's because this might be a bigger fight for Goku. That's sure. all he cares about. And then Vegeta bails because Goku just bailed, and then a couple other guys bail yeah. because Vegeta bailed, and they just have to turn it left. Okay, that's a fair criticism, but you're coming in at the end of Dragon Ball Z. We cannot talk about tournament arcs in Dragon Ball Z without talking about the Cell games, where Goku goes, "Now nah, you fight, Gohan. Hey, yeah. hey, son, go for it. You got this. This is for you. You got this. This is for you. So let your arms broken. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just go Super Saiyan. Oh, it's toughing you up. I do find it interesting because, you know, Dragon Ball, the series, started out as a martial arts anime, which is why we see a lot of tournaments in Dragon Ball and OG. Uh, and then as time goes on, it became less about a martial arts tournament show and more about, like, space aliens and powering yeah. up and screaming a whole lot. Omnipotent yeah. beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gods of destruction, some might say. So, like, which, I get it. And no fault for anybody. If Goku, if sometimes you just want a, a dumb guy fighting other, other people for me or just because they need to fight. That is it. Goku is a simple man. Did you see Super? Uh, not yet. Tournament of Power, though? Ooh. Tournament arc? Real good. Okay. And I, I'll give they, it a shot. They've caught their tournament game back on point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, this tournament stops in this in um, in the middle of the Dragon Ball Z for that. True. And the only uh, fight, fighter on the, the Z Fighters level, level is Android 18, who takes a dive. <laughs> yeah, that's not wrong. Android 18. Kind of, uh, or I think 17. Which was the guy? 17? 17. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say what I'm saying, but I misunderstood. Uh, kind of a Shikamaru who 17 is. Yeah, absolutely. But 18, yeah, takes a die. Takes a die, wants the money. Yep. And I mean, it makes sense. Makes sense. We can't all be Bulma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For God's sake, she has to live with Roshi. I think she deserves the money. Yeah. And also, she like voluntarily married Krillin, which is amazing. Uh-huh. But like, I couldn't put up with it. Listen, we all know that was a pity, Mary. Yeah, probably. Whoa, whoa. He got <laughs> hair eventually. 
And then Krillin is lost an absolute Chad, though. I like Krillin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love Krillin. You know, I actually like Yamcha, too, while we're, uh, while we're being at it. Yeah. He, Yamcha's actually one of my favorites because you brought up the underdog earlier. Yeah. He, he's the underdog who just had, had his moment. Yeah. God, I'm waiting for Super for, like, a god, the god of gods of destruction, right? Like, not even Beerus level, like, above Beerus level, above Genos level. Like, the ultimate, and Yamcha's like, I've got this, it's my time. And to see him, like, sort of succeed. Not, not all the way. But we're all waiting for the Yamcha comeback. Yeah, Yamcha redemption arc when? As, as, as long as he actually wins a preliminary, I would be so satisfied. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, so, to, to my point, though, on this one, sure. is, this is kind of where I started checking out one Dragon Ball Z. Because they hyped that tournament so much it is you have episodes upon episodes dedicated to just getting to the tournament it, it took you until the blue saga to check out a dragon ball z uh no i've checked out a dragon ball z like okay that's awesome actually <laughs> yeah this is this is the one that stuck oh okay, um, got it, got it. so because i checked out a dragon ball z somewhere in the middle of the uh of uh, the Namek Saga. Sure, sure. Then sure. I get that. Checked out again. Okay. Yeah. Before the Zelda. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then came back because I, I'm like, I need to know more about this Android 18. Where is this happening? And then I checked out, and then I was like, okay, they're having another tournament arc, and it sounds like it's a legit tournament. I'm in for this. I, let's do it. They all bail. Guys, 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 no resolution here. So here's the thing Naruto. That series in the tuning exam yeah. does the exact same thing they bail. Yeah, However, the reason why they bail is a much better reason. That's true. I would agree. And that's that's the thing. That they they understood this uh, and the tournament arc failing has replications throughout the series. Sure. Because there was a Shikamaru is the only one who actually who they even consider because in that tournament. The tournament arc is for for everyone else in the in the hidden village. This is a carnival. This is a show. Yeah. But for the guys who are competing, this is their graduation. I mean, the, the people of the hidden leaf village are monsters, but we can give them that. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. But in order to get their license to to move up in the ninja world, they have to participate, and, or, or they have to either the win the competition, or they have to. Prove themselves in a participation enough that they that they so even if you lose, if you're good enough at your good enough, they will let you have a pass. That's true. And that entire thing, they decided we should fail everybody. The, the tournament never finished. We failed everybody. Yeah, but there's gonna be a huge fight and war. We need something, and they pick Shikamaru because he proves himself in there. Yeah. And they but he's the only one who's graduated that entire year. Right. That would be like. Watching your entire high school go to high school. You're watching your entire thing bail over there because he showed up because he stayed ten minutes later to because he stayed ten minutes later to everyone's class, even though it was a fire drill. Rockley got robbed. He got hit. Like Rockley got robbed because he didn't make it past that first point. Yeah. And arguably, there's way better people. Uh, Rockley should have definitely gotten. Oh yeah. Past the Rockley solo is most most. Actually, you know, to be honest. Shibudin, Sakura, some of those most people. Come at me. <laughs> but yeah, so like, that's the difference between those arcs. Sure. Dragon Ball Z is like, uh, we're moving on, skip it. In Naruto, this has ramifications for your story. This skip is it, weird. because of Orochimaru. Yeah. And so, that to me is like the worst like crime can do of a turn of art, just not to respect the idea 
You know, that if it stops, great. Make sure you have stuff that the reasons why this is happening and where this is going or what the ramifications. They got hungry. They went out for food, right? <laughs> like Goku needed to eat, dude. You know, you, you did remind me of uh, the the second tournament that happens at Yu Show, where they they brought that whole tournament together to just like, listen, we want a good wrap up the series. We don't talk like, about it. <laughs> Hold on, I thought it was kind of okay. Really? The, yeah. the Demon Tournament? The Demon Tournament. The one where Genkai and Kuwabara, arguably the best characters in the show, don't go to because they're like busy preparing for college and Genkai's old? That, that tournament? <laughs> Is that the one you're talking about? The one where Yusuke finds out that he's like his great 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 grandfather is part demon, so therefore he's half demon? I'm not a geneticist, but I don't think that's how that works. Oh no, that makes absolutely no sense. But wait, demon blood. You don't know how that works. Oh, true, true. My bad. What I enjoyed was the fact that no, they fully admit that we just want need a new ruler for the underworld because it has not been good lately. I mean, yeah, true. And then so they brought okay, let's bring in all the top tier ones in the underworld. But what I loved is that well, Yusuke had a sixty-hour fight, got knocked out to a three-day coma, woke up to the tournament final being over, and I was, but it's just you know what? I'm okay with that. Who won? Well, this guy. That is the nicest demon we have around. This is the guy that should win. I did like the ending. That's like, fair. See, that, that's part of love so much. It's like, you know what? If it was to just end because of a tournament to determine like a new ruler of the underworld, I'm glad it's the guy who's getting massaged. He's like, all right, guys, now we're going to open a world for the underworld of humans. Now you all behave yourselves or we're going to have a problem now. Like, dude, you're so great. Like, I've only known you for one season, but you're just fantastic. Chapter Black has a lot of problems, and I don't love it. Oh, yeah. But it does have some redeeming qualities. Also, the creator of that show and Hunter Hunter hates my favorite characters and never uses them. So that, that's another thing that I've got against. That's so for another. Day. I'm a little biased. You know, I, I, I think that they really could have lessened the Three Kings saga and Yu Hakusho by a significant amount of episodes. I kind of liked the Three Kings saga. It's Chapter Black that I have an issue with. Fair. Like, fair. so these well, three kings are. Like, I think it's too long or too different. Different boats. Oh yeah. yeah. At least the Three Kings is kind of interesting to me. Like Chapter Black is like, I'm a demon. I flick paper clips and they're bullets. Like, oh, okay. All right. Well, is that is that it? He's like, yeah. He's like, cool. Well, he had killed you, so. But the Dark Terminator, man. Oh, so good. Do we have? I think we're about at time. We're getting close to there. So the, the paper clips. It's like, yeah, Bulls. I did that in the bad Daredevil movie. Right? Yeah, it's special. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so these are sort of the, the methods of the turn arcs. If you can, turn arcs are not inherently bad no, or good. They're great. They are, it's how they handle the turn arc itself. Um, and you, you can handle it in many different ways. So before we end this, um, you guys have an unexpected tournament arc that you really enjoy, that you don't think a lot of people understand that's a tournament arc, because I have one right now. I do too. I want to go last. Alright, so we'll just go down the line. So, because mine, DC versus Marvel is a, the comic series in the 90s, yeah. is a tournament arc. Wonder Woman picking up Thor's hammer? Yeah. Iconic. Oh, and Bale's on it because he's like, that's cheap. Yeah. Hands <laughs> it back, so no. Um, my favorite one in that, though, is in in one of t uh, two particular fights in that is Namor versus. Uh, uh, Aquaman. Yeah. Because they were like, what are you? They, they get on the beach, 
Daniel's like, what are you going to do? And he convinces a whale to jump on him. Yep. He's like, win. Fish powers, <laughs> Namor, what up? Um, the other one I have that I loved in that was Spider-Man versus Superboy. And I'm like, sort of going, power for power, Superboy in the 90s, easily troll Trump, so, uh, Iron Man. So what does he do? He blinds him in, 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 and while he's in mid-flight, so he runs his head first into a transporter and just electrocutes himself. He goes, yeah, I got it. But Spider-Man's a genius. I didn't know the robots in the skies were in that crossover. Transformers have more than one word, Dane. They mean more than one thing. Oh, my bad. I, I just thought it might be more than meets the eye. Yeah, but yeah, no one thinks about it, because uh, most people are like, oh, this is a cool crossover. No, it's also a tournament on Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in that case, tournament arcs could be, in theory, isolated to one episode. They don't necessarily have to be like martial arts fighting anime. As Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Jeopardy has a tournament. Right. But so, so one episode is an arc? If they can present it as an arc. Yes. Okay. Well, we we may have to revisit this topic. <laughs> so, I'm a Star Trek fan, right? And an unexpected tournament arc that was isolated to a single episode was one of the final episodes of Deep Space Nine, season seven, called Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. Is that the baseball it one? It is the baseball one. Yeah, and at least a legit sports tournament arc. It is. I remember it. Yeah, so, so the whole premise of it is Captain Cisco is a huge baseball fan. Like, it's, it's, it's not only the American's favorite pastime, it's Captain Cisco's favorite pastime. You don't mess with Captain Cisco's favorite pastime, yeah. right? So, a Nebula-class starship during the Dominion War stops Viking Space Nine for, like, refit and resupplies and whatnot, but is crewed by Vulcans, just all Vulcans. Yeah. Now, these Vulcans have actually taken a liking to baseball. They find it very logical, specifically because of the rule set, and it's a mental game, as much as it's a physical game, so the Vulcans right. love it. But being that they're Vulcans and they go hard, they become really freakishly good at it. <laughs> like, really good. So, uh, Austin Cisco proposes that while these Vulcans are on Deep Space Nine, they have a baseball game. Mm -hmm. And this particular Vulcan captain is always doing whatever he can to one-up Captain Cisco because, you know, logic trounces emotions. And right, right, right. So, they have a baseball game, and the Vulcan, the Vulcan captain, has a bonafide, legit baseball team that is just prepared to beat the living crap out of Cisco and his ragtag team of like a Klingon, a Bajoran, a couple Ferengi who don't know what the hell they're doing, uh, more Bajorans, um, and uh, a changeling. Mm -hmm. um, which the best line in that whole episode is when Worf just looks at the opposing team and says, "Don't the opposition." <laughs> um, so, uh, what I love about it is that Cisco's team ends up getting their asses kicked. They just get their crap shoved. Um, but going back to the whole underdog thing, like it was a good defining moment for Cisco because he he, he is a competitive person, yeah. and he was a far cry from most of the captains because. As opposed to like exploration and whatnot, he's actually a soldier first, which made him perfect for the Dominion War. He can still explore, don't misunderstand, he's still a Starfleet officer at the end of the day. Um, perfect to spearhead the Dominion War. That, that, that aside, he learned some lessons, and it's not all about winning, it is about the camaraderie of your team. So even though they lost, I think like nine to one, which was just a landslide victory for, for the Vulcans, he decided that he was going to celebrate anyway. 
So he takes his entire team over to Corpse Bar and they have like ice cream sundaes or something. He was like a proud father. Um, and the Vulcans didn't get it. They're just like, you lost. That is illogical. And Cisco's like, you know, man, I, I, I don't care. They played their best. They went out of their, uh, out of their comfort zone for me, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, that, I think, was absolutely an unexpected tournament art because there was a baseball tournament. You know, well, we have a large menu order, but guys, we need to take a break for a second to do this, to do an ice cream box social at a baseball game. I agree. <laughs> Alright, so my, I actually have two, so the one tournament that always stuck with me was the Kanto region first Pokemon League, mm. you know, where oh. Ash gets oh, yeah. his butt kicked, but it's like, that is just so iconic, especially when Pokemon came out, you know, it is entertaining, you know, and I remember it, and I used to be like, Ash, you little wuss, why are you crying, we all lose, and now growing up, I'm like, oh, I forgot, he's like 10 years old, and he doesn't really know how to process those but, but I also, feel like a jerk. But not to mention, also, you realize that a lot of work goes into training for a tournament, and to get eliminated really is devastating, especially after we've seen how much he has went through just to get in. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's like, yeah. I understand the disappointment. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but it was good. And the second one was the Yu-Gi-Oh tournament from the first season, mm -hmm. where they're on the island, Battle Island. Kingdom. Duelist Kingdom. Duelist Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, Yugi should have just let Kaiba go over the edge. That's a hill I will die on. You want to play dirty? Well, you can die dirty. Mic drop. Mic drop. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got anything to add. Just shout out to our boy Ash Ketchum for finally being the best in the world. Yeah! yeah! You finally oh, after 20 years. This is like the best way to end that whole thing. <laughs> I'm he waiting for his comeback, to be honest. <laughs> I want our boy back. All, all we needed was a 11-year-old with 20 years of experience. Ever <laughs> that, that's what every HR company looks for. Yeah. I will only accept Ash Ketchum back in tournament if he's older. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Please, just, just make him old and grizzled. You know. Make him defend his crown. I want him to be old and grizzled, and by Pokemon terms, you know, I guess that's what 23. Yeah, he's 25. He's <laughs> up the hill. Right. No, but it has to, the next person has to do what they did in the white game where you climb all the way up to the mountain and you find red, I forgot which one was that, and you battle them up there. That's a weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I don't think one episode is a tournament arc. I think it's a tournament, but not a tournament arc. Fair, fair. Contrary to that, Samurai Shampoo has an episode where they play baseball. And Fly <laughs> Tiger Kick's story reminded me of that episode. <laughs> And it's real good. It's a really good episode. It doesn't make any sense to the storyline, really. It doesn't I'm, really the even... The guy's barely going to play baseball. Yeah, it doesn't really add anything. But I love the idea of getting like a bunch of people who don't know how to do something together and watching them fail successfully. Uh, so I really, I really kind of enjoy that tournament, if you can call it such, yeah. in that. Oh, okay, I, I'll give you that one, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so if you look around, you'll find unexpected tournament arcs and or tournament episodes wherever you go. True. Okay, so I think this is going to Alright. Now, with all that being said, thank you everybody who's been watching and listening at home. And this is Gaming Theater Podcast. Sorry, logging off. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Ciao. Gaming 
Gaming Theater podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is A Drinking Game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is made by Spice and Rose. You can find her at https colon forward slash forward slash spiceandrose.card.co. That's card with two R's. If you want to send us some financial support to help with producing things for gaming theater, you can do so at patreon.com slash gaming theater presents. It helps us out. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.